The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our f***ing Hello, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. All the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, thieves, welcome to the Boston Podcast. Pod617.com is where we produce this. We're in our Westwood, our cozy Westwood studios. If you want to be your own podcast star, you could do it. You could be right here in Westwood with us at our studios. Go to pod617.com for all the info. And thanks for sharing this podcast, by the way. We just hit like 70,000 downloads of this podcast. Carrie Tabaski, my sidekick for the Yay. day. Can you believe it? Carrie, my I can colleague. believe it. Believe it, people. <laughs> and in fact, the network, pod617.com, we just hit uh, 200,000 downloads. Did you know that, nice. Carrie? Yeah. We're just bragging today, We just today, opened yesterday, too. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it feels like it. It feels like it. We've only been here since January. We've got Senator Jamie Eldridge in the house. We're getting Yay. all political on you. So welcome, Senator. Thanks for being here. David, thanks so much for having me on. Great to be on the listen, show. Listen to all your constituents. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> they really love you. No wonder you, you got voted in. Before we get going with the senator, we got a lot of great stuff to talk about today. The senator is a, a very interesting dude and has many um, facets of his platform that he's going to tell us about. And then maybe in, in general, just kind of calm my nerves and tell me that the nation is okay in general. <laughs> right, Senator? We're all going to be okay. We're all going to be okay if we keep keep fighting and keep keep fighting the good fight and struggling. Yep. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the struggle, I have no problem with the struggle. We're all struggling. But I, I just want to <laughs> win at some point, which yes. we never will. But anyway, before we get started, I do want to tell you about our sponsor, the U.S. Postal Service, second largest employer in the United States, offering paid training and ways to move up. Apply today, usps.com slash careers, the United States Postal Service deliver for the nation. You, you feel the, the swell of patriotism there, Senator? That was for you. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> what? And I might as well ask you off the top. Um, did you always see yourself getting into public service, the noble cause and profession that it is, <laughs> or did you want to play center field for the Red Sox? Be honest. I think I really wanted to be in the Beastie Boys. Nice. Yep. Really? Oh, oh absolutely. Yep. Oh, well, absolutely. now we yeah. know what we're going to talk about for the next 30 <laughs> minutes. The, the boys. Rest in peace. Uh, which one of them passed away? Ad, Adam Yuck. Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh-huh. Anyway. Yep. So, Wait, I have a question though. Yeah. Were you a musician when you were growing up? Like, or did you just say you wanted to be in the Beastie Boys? Yeah, no musical talent whatsoever. Oh, okay, yep. all right. Just, okay. Yep, just love the Beastie Boys. Yep. Just like mm-hmm. me. Yeah, you gotta have yep. the the karaoke uh, level talent like like me. Right. That's uh, you can get by with that. Right. Um, there was probably brief dreams of a basketball player. But okay. that, that went away quickly. You got the height. You and that, I. That's all you I had. I yep. Could have been on the. Yep. In that's the all same you have. Is the height. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, where, where did you grow up, Senator? I grew up in Acton. Yep, okay. I grew up in Acton. Um, I lived in Acton for a year. Yes, I did. Yeah, I was about six or seven years old. I lived on Hillcrest Drive. Okay. How about that? Do you that know where that is? Best year of your life? or um, It was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I remember playing street hockey with some dudes, and then we moved to Sharon after that. Okay. Anyway, but it's a lovely town, right? It is. Yep. It's a great town, a uh, very active town, very issue-oriented, and um, you know, great schools. So I, I really think I... 
sort of got that that push about getting interested in politics really through through the schools, you know, through through great teachers that were interested in history and current affairs. And um, pr- at a pretty early age, uh, I would say really uh, in some ways sixth grade, but but moving on to high school is when I started getting involved in politics and working on campaigns. Mm-hmm. So uh, there was a, a state representative, Bob Durand, who ran for state Senate in 1990. And uh, 1990, which uh, I think you're familiar since our little chat earlier. Yes. Um, was a real anti-incumbent year for, mm. for Democrats. Uh, people were upset about Dukakis, about taxes going up, et cetera. Uh, so my, uh, the candidate I was working for, Bob Durand, running for state Senate, um, was uh, barely barely won his election by less than 100 votes at a 60,000 cast. Really? In the general yep. election? In the general election. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Holy cow. Yep. And this is the, the Democrat, I take it. You were working yeah. For. Yes. Okay. And this is, you know, the Senate district was represented by Paul Salucci. So he was running as lieutenant governor with I believe Bill that's Welt. Argeo Paul Salucci. Yes, right? that's right. Yep. Rest in peace, Governor Salucci. He's a yep. good man. He's a good man. Absolutely. Yep. Um, so so it, was a, it was a Republican seat, and Bob Duran was running to turn it Democratic. And uh, so, yeah, it was a very close race. And that was the election I got involved, you know, putting up lawn signs, uh, holding signs at uh, traffic lights, et cetera. And uh, it was just a great lesson that you could make a difference in a, an election. That's uh, funny. You and I were probably, could have been standing on the same yep. street corner. Well, may, or maybe at the, con- <laughs> were you at the convention in Springfield? Do you remember that? Does that ring a bell? No, I was 16 years okay. old. Yep. Oh. So I was, I was, uh, just, just learning. Show off. He's younger, he's younger yep. than me. I was working, but what the, what, what Jamie's referring to is we had a brief conversation earlier. I was working for my aunt Marge, Marge, my sainted aunt Marge, shout out Marjorie Clapperud who was running for, who won the, the at the convention. She right. won the nomination for lieutenant governor. It was a lot of fun until well, she was paired with Silber and went on and <laughs> lost to Bill Wells. I mean, it, those were um, interesting days. I mean, although, you know, I was on the, I worked for my aunt. I mean, not full time, but I definitely tried to, you know, do the family sure, thing and sure, help yeah. her. And, and it's crushing when you, when you lose. It's, it's, I don't, I think people don't realize how much emotion goes into politics, right? It, it, it really is. It really is. It's just so much investment. And, um, you know, recently, uh, a state representative from my area, Representative Benson, just announced that she was uh, leaving to take another job at a progressive business group. And, um, you know, it's just a funny thing because the past week, the conversation has been, okay, well, who's, who's going to step up and run in the special election? And I'm just amazed that, you know, so many great activists, municipal officials, but, but they don't, they don't want to run because of what it takes to run for office and to serve. It just, it is, you know, it's a six or seven hour, six or seven day, uh, uh, a week kind of job. And it's, it's very intense job. Yep. Well, you, I see, sorry, I, I oh, see yeah. you, you're on social media a lot and I, yes. uh, I, every, you're at somewhere else every day and it, it's amazing. <laughs> and, and I mean, I don't even like, going on Instagram cause, <laughs> cause it's so time consuming, but like you're, you're there and you're posting and you're, um, and it amazes me. But I also want to say that, um, we were rivals. My high school was rivals with AB, like in Sudbury. Yeah. Um, but uh, you, which, which I played in basketball. Yeah. Yep. So mm-hmm. for your, your brief stint. In <laughs> yep. Basketball. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, you certainly, uh, and we've, um, 
been at a couple of fundraisers together and we've, yep, um, Sudbury, yeah. and for Sudbury and you're just everywhere you, you and you can see the passion, you know, in, mm-hmm. in everything that you're doing and we appreciate it. We so. presume that that's Thank because you. you enjoy, is that what you enjoy about the job? Something different every day, meeting people, asking questions. I really questions. do. I tell people that, you know, have an interest in politics, um, but it yet haven't yet made the jump is that every day is different, you know, and a, a, a crisis comes up and, you know, how to respond to it. Um, you know, the issue in Sudbury with a, where a, a transmission line is proposed through four of my towns, including Sudbury and sort of marshalling the forces against it, um, you know, or organizing people. And that was something that just sort of came out of the blue. And I've spent, you know, now about four or five years on it. So, <sighs> yep. yep. Unfortunately, not a positive outcome so <laughs> no. far. But. By the way, we should have mentioned uh, Democrat, the senator is, representing Middlesex and Worcester. Well, a certain district of Middlesex and Worcester. So can you tell us what, what towns or would that take forever for you to tick off the or give us some highlights maybe? Yeah, no, no, I do it I do it by geography. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. So, so uh, Acton, Boxborough, Harvard, Littleton, Ayer, Shirley, uh, Harvard, uh, Boxborough, uh, Sudbury, Stowe, Maynard, Hudson, Westboro, Northboro, Southboro, Marlboro. Wow. He's, he's done and that. And he knows everybody in all those towns. <laughs> yes. Getting there. No, getting yes. There. I know how you remember all those. You said it to the beat of a Beastie Boys rap and then <laughs> it just make it rhyme and everything. So so before we get to some some, some of the things on your platform, which I definitely want to touch upon, let you tell us about. But um, you mentioned that people are gun shy to get into politics and I'm afraid that, that you're right. And is that even more so than in the past in the era of you know, the mm-hmm. electronic age more and more, the, the Twitterverse and people being nasty. And it's like, why should I bother? Is it is it mm-hmm. worse than it used to be or what? Well, first of all, I think I think more people are actually running for office. And, you know, you saw this with the the first year class and the in the state rep, state House of Representatives and the state Senate, where a lot of new people that had never been, you know, municipal officials, um, but they stepped up and ran. And I think that's why you're seeing a change. Uh, not only in the House, but the Senate, uh, you know, moving more to the left, uh, people, you know, more independent minded. So so I think more people are running. Um, I think the challenge, quite honestly, is for a lot of my colleagues that are uncomfortable with social media um, or they're um, sometimes strangely scared of the media. Um, and I think it, it hurts them. I think people want to know where people stand on issues. And I always say, you know, I, I represent a purple district, but I have people that, you know, might not agree with my views. That means it's mm-hmm. mixed. It's like half them, half. Is that what purple means? I don't know. What yeah, exactly. Not a, not a blue district. Not, not a red pure district. blue, neither. Okay. So so the majority of people in my district are registered independents or okay. unenrolled. Right. Um, you know, again, this was a seat that, that Paul Salucci used to have. Of course. Um, but but uh, but I'm, I'm up front with people about my views. And so even if they disagree with me on issues, um they appreciate the fact that I'm upfront about stuff. We appreciate so. that you um, support the interests of special needs individuals, like my son Adrian, who is in the other room. Um, he's, I think, Absolutely. he's like he's singing along with a video. So if you happen to hear him, <laughs> listen, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. my son with autism who is just having a blast watching YouTube videos. So oh yeah, it was great we, to meet him. <laughs> <laughs> very good. I felt the need to clarify. So um, I mean, so you mentioned social media, like. I just I, I just need to ask. We've got a we've got a commander in chief that tweets you know as many as a hundred times a day, and mm-hmm. we've got, we've got a commander in chief that is we don't need to go too far down the rabbit hole here, but but he is the, the, the most unconventional person we've ever had in that office. 
It must have changed your life, as people must ask you about it all the time. Has it, has it has Trump being in the White House just changed the tenor of politics, and has it changed your life in terms of the way you explain things to your constituency? Well, first of all, it's just definitely changed, you know, it's impacted my constituents. So whether you're talking about um, more and more of my constituents who are immigrants getting targeted for mm-hmm. deportation, who are undocumented, uh, people on, on food stamps that, you know, just recently uh, the Trump administration uh, did a public charge rule that's going to cut, you know, at least 70,000 uh, people off food stamps in Massachusetts um, to, you know, attacks on the LGBTQ community and how that impacts people feeling safe in their in their schools or in their communities. So that's the that's the biggest impact that that I've seen um, as as far as social media, uh, as much as I um you know, think that, that Donald Trump is a, a really de- despicable person and, and uh, you know, quite honestly, a, a fascist. Um, his, his use of social media... You notice Carrie and I didn't even blink. When yeah. It's, it's like, well, yeah, we know that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. Weird, time, weird times head. we live in. Weird, <laughs> time, weird times we live in. You're not going to get objections from us. But go yeah. ahead, go ahead, Senator. Yeah. Is, it, is it there are some number of, whether his supporters or just Americans that... that like the fact that he is so unorthodox and just shoots from the hip. And I, and I think that's a lesson for elected officials, not that they, you know, should be engaging in, in, in hate speech and actions, but the people like elected officials who are authentic, you know, and as, as much as I dislike Donald Trump, <laughs> he is authentic. And I, and I think he uses social media well. Um, in in disturbing ways, but it yeah. clearly has an impact. <laughs> it's a backhand, it backhanded compliment. Yeah. No, I, I I think I know where you're going. It seems like you're saying yeah. if there's a silver lining to the, this odd era that we live in, it's that he has knocked down a couple of walls that maybe should have been knocked down. I thought it was mm-hmm. was was pretty amazing in the during the campaign when someone said, you know, Mr. Trump, you've donated to several of the Democratic candidates running for president, and he said, of course I have. You know why? Because I wanted something from them. I've also mm-hmm. donated to everybody on the stage. You know why? Because I wanted something from you. And that's the way it works. That was mm-hmm. like, it was like the emperor has no clothes. And he mm-hmm. was saying, th- he was like saying something that you weren't supposed to say. But he was right. And that mm-hmm. uh, is the the last compelling thing that he ever said. But, yeah. <laughs> anyway. but no, but, 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 I, but in keeping with your point, Senator, like um, maybe that does encourage people to kind of be more real and kind of speak honestly mm-hmm. because you know the, the there is cynicism that 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 politicians tend to be phony right yeah absolutely and, not and, the one in the studio today but go ahead <laughs> <laughs> i mean looking at not to go too much into it but look at the democratic presidential candidates and i think those that you know have been the most authentic um you know so far um have really you know remained at, at the top i mean i i was long been a longtime supporter of Bernie Sanders. I, I haven't endorsed him in the, in the race this year, but I endorsed him last time. Um, he is someone that is very authentic. You know, you get you you get Bernie Sanders uh, whenever he he speaks or has a position. I think Elizabeth Warren is is very authentic as well. Um, Pete Pete Buttigieg um, is really connected mm-hmm. with people, um, and and Joe Biden. Um, you know, people really connect to him. They they like him a lot personally, even if they disagree with some of his views. And I think that authenticity, you know, uh, carries through. We all have a an uncle like Bernie. We all have a grandfather like Joe. Actually, I have a question. We all have a whimsical, smart aunt like Warren. Anyway. How much do you think, I don't know how much you watch Saturday Night Live, but how much oh, yes. do you think shows like Saturday Night Live 
impact people's decisions and their views on these politicians because I look at Bernie Sanders <laughs> and I think Larry, Larry David. David. Oh my goodness, perfect. I, you know, I mean, how much, and, and Kate McKinnon playing Elizabeth Warren. So yes. how much do you think that that impacts um, people's views? How I, they, present, the, how they yeah. present them on Saturday Night Live? I think it has a bit of an impact because it often, it's sort of a crystallization of, of what they're most well known for. You know, Bernie being sort of <laughs> cranky and upfront and uh, Elizabeth Warren, you know, always talking about, you know, uh, taking on powerful interests in, in, uh, in you know, uh, her, her upbringing, et cetera. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, it does. The, the show is um, has always been intertwined with politics going back to, yeah. you know, Dan Aykroyd playing um, Jimmy Carter and, of course, oh, yeah. Chevy, Chevy Chase playing <laughs> Gerald Ford. And they're 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 cartoonish. But it I, I I'm with you, Carrie. I think it inevitably I mean, you know, just as many people watch Saturday Night Live as choose to be actively involved in politics and maybe more so. So they may sort of get it from there, but um, right. I mean, I can't, I can't, I can never forget the the Dana Carvey as George Bush Senior oh, and, and John Lovitz as Dukakis <laughs> saying, you know, I, I can't believe I'm losing to this guy. You I know. know. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That that was a great moment, and apparently, uh, George Bush, George the Senior, embraced the the, yes. the 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 mocking by Dana Carvey, and they be, they actually became somewhat friends, as I understand it. Yes. It's a shame that here we are with our commander in chief, um, you know, vilifying Alec Baldwin for the, oh, because because he can't handle he's a bully who can't handle being very, made fun of. It's mm-hmm. very strange. Yep. Um, anyway, anyway, <laughs> I need to take a brief break. We're going to come back with Senator Eldridge and hear about some of the things that he is pushing these days. I need to tell you about our sponsor, the U.S. Postal Service. From mail carriers to corporate management, the USPS works together to provide efficient, affordable service to the American public. The workers are the backbone of a service of its service, and the USPS wants to develop and advance careers, so its development programs train and prepare employees for promotions and growth in a variety of business areas. Everything you need to know is online, usps.com careers. Apply today. That website, once again, in case you missed it, kids, usps.com careers. United States Postal Service deliver for the nation. So tell us, um, you know, uh, health care is always uh, seems to be on everybody's minds. It's an issue that's mm-hmm. not going away. You are a proponent of Medicare for all, if I'm not mistaken, during the brief uh, show prep we did prior to the uh, <laughs> recording here. But tell us about that. Yeah, so I, I have been the lead Senate sponsor of an act establishing Medicare for all in Massachusetts for the past six years. So that's the, the, the state version of making healthcare right, uh, but for, for Massachusetts. And, you know, I, I have to say that the issue, you know, it's always been organizing around it, but I think really um, Bernie Sanders championing the issue in 2016 really changed the dynamic, you know, not only at the national level, where I would say arguably at the presidential, uh, Democratic presidential debates, the one of the biggest issues that's been discussed is, is Medicare, uh, Medicare for all, mm-hmm. but it's impact of the state as well. And, you know, if you look in the, the Massachusetts state budget, 40, uh, 42, uh, actually almost a majority of the state budget now is dedicated to health care. So that continues to increase. And so if we don't get a handle on health care costs, that's um, going to, you know, eat into money for education, transportation, environmental protection. At the same time, you know, you talk to, you know, typical Massachusetts resident, their deductibles are going up, their co-pays are going up, the quality of their access to, to doctors uh, is going down. 
Um, so I think it's a real, real issue. And I, and I do think that it's one of those issues where unless you go bold, you're really not going to change that cost or access dynamic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What, what, are, what, are, what are the misconceptions about healthcare that you need to educate people on? Well, I think one of the most difficult things, and you know, we had a meeting with some Western Mass labor leaders recently, and uh, one of the women that was at the meeting uh, had negotiated um, health insurance benefits for her, 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 her members, her union members. And, you know, one of the things I'll, I always remember she saying, her saying was, so wait a second, you, you're going to take away my members' health insurance with Medicare for All? And trying to make the point that, you know, well, Medicare for All would provide that health care for all your workers, just not through health insurance. And so actually then, you know, even from a, a company or union perspective, you wouldn't have to spend that time on health insurance benefits because the government would directly reimburse your health care for your doctor, your nurse, or hospital you saw. And the tricky thing, and, and you've seen this with uh, Elizabeth Warren uh, struggle a little bit on the stage, is explaining that, you know, we would there would be uh, increased taxes, but then there would be no premiums, there'd be no co-pays, no deductibles, and that actually creates a better system for everyone. Mm. Um, but I think getting over that hump of people saying, well, wait a second, what, you know, how would I get healthcare? What would happen to my health insurance company? And so I think that's been the biggest challenge, explaining that. It's just, it's always strikes me as odd that this country, Canada, you know, which we, if we got in the car and started driving, we could be there in about four and a half hours. Right. <laughs> it's yep. right next door. Yep. And they are, I mean, I've seen interviews and things in Michael Moore documentaries and, you know, they are befuddled at the fact that you don't get all your health care for free in the United States. Mm-hmm. Why, why do you think that's such a, that's such a philosophical hard thing for America to get around? Yeah. I mean, part of it obviously has just been the way it's been really since, you know, World War II when, you know, health insurance, um, you know, spread as a, actually is a benefit to, to, as an incentive for people to work for, for a company because it was such a difficult time to find workers during World War II. But, um, but I think the, the challenge has been, um, which I think is an ongoing challenge, is explaining um, how uh, taxes can benefit a public good. You know, we're seeing yeah. that with education. We're seeing that with transportation. Um and I think also um, it's really having more direct conversations with the business community, many of, of which would, would save money and also save a lot of hassle. Um, I think we're making inroads with businesses. I, was, uh, I went to the uh, National uh, Single Payer Medicare for All Conference in Portland, Oregon a couple months ago, and there now is a Businesses for Medicare for All national organization. It has about 2,000 business owners for Medicare for All. Uh, people like uh, former state senator and, and still CEO Dan Wolf from Cape Air is part mm-hmm. of it. Um, so I think it's that's part of it. I think the other part is uh, getting doctors uh, to get on board with it. Um, and the more and more young doctors are for Medicare for All uh, and making that point to elected officials. So if people want more info on Medicare for All, Carrie, it looks like you've got the site up on our big board here. I do. Yes. What's, do you have the URL there? Is it's it just... Uh, masscare.org. Yes. Masscare.org. Yep. And people, and you can learn about it and you can donate to the cause. Right, Senator? Anything else people should know? Yeah, we're, we're doing forums all over uh, the state on Medicare for All. So I uh, just recently did one in Needham and uh, I'm doing one in Westford in March uh, and really trying to make the point that uh, while the national debate goes on over healthcare, you know we could we could take action at the state level as well. That's great. 
And, you know, just one small example of, of just where I really just shake my head on, on healthcare is that so for the past four years, not this term, but the past four years, past two terms, I chaired the Financial Services Committee. Well, every single health insurance mandate to cover, you know, uh, Lyme disease, to cover um, uh, lipodystrophy, to cover um, unique mental health challenges, those, all those bills were before my committee because health insurance is a financial product. Mm-hmm. How disturbing is that? It didn't, you know, those bills didn't go to the healthcare committee. They went to the financial services committee. And every, every session we passed two or three mandates, but you know, there are literally hundreds of bills for ailments that people, people get uh, that health insurance companies refuse to cover. And that's really outrageous. And I, I gotta say around mental health coverage, it's arguably the worst. We do not have mental health parity in this state or in there this country. Be. And if they want to find out about these forums that you're holding, go to the website, I take it? Yes. Yes, go to the website. And I uh, believe also on Facebook, we have a Medicare for All caucus, which I, I started with three of my colleagues this session. So so I, I just got an alert from the fact-checking department at the Boston Podcast. They wanted to ensure <laughs> that you are using the correct plural form of the word forum. So he said forums, Carrie, right? Yes. Now, if you had to guess, Carrie, is, is the both? plural of forum <laughs> forums or I'm going to go with whatever Jamie said because I think he's right. Well, I feel like it's both. <laughs> well, it's like saying pair of socks or guys, pair of tickets you because guys, it should be pair uh, no matter what. It's not pairs. No, it's the, uh, with the word like forum that ends in a U-M. <laughs> Typically, the plural, you change it to R-A. Like forum? Fl- like forum? For- yeah, okay. like, you know, I don't know. And then you get like octopus <laughs> becomes octopi or whatever. But right. as it happens, we have official chapter and verse here from the Oxford Dictionary. The plural of Are you correcting Senator? No. Oh. I'm actually going to tell you that he was right. Oh, my I inst- know he was right. My, in- my, my instinct was wrong, but I, I was I was all excited. I was going to call him on it, and I'm wrong, and I used to be an editor. Oh. The current entry from the Oxford Dictionary says the plural of forum is usually spelled forums. The plural fora, as in the original Latin, is chiefly used when talking about a public square in an ancient Roman city, <laughs> which we were definitely not doing. So, wow, just stuck sh- getting shot, shooting yeah. myself down. Phew. You should well, just assume that he's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Go ahead, I, I, you know, I've seen a lot of, and I'm sure that the health insurance is affecting this because from what I, that doctors are now going private. So they're not accepting insurance, mm, number mm-hmm. one, regardless or they're becoming concierge doctors. I mean, mm-hmm. I had a doctor mm-hmm. for years who went to a concierge practice because, mm-hmm. you know, you pay out of pocket and you don't um, you don't deal with insurance. And mm-hmm. it's just amazing to me that so many doctors are going this route. And, oh, and yeah. also other doctors are just not, whether they're going that route, they're just not accepting insurance, mm-hmm. um, which is, it's not... It's unfortunate for us who want to use these doctors and then can't go, you know, can't follow them to <laughs> their concierge practice. It, it, exactly. And that's been happening around mental health for, you know, oh, yeah. decades. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is, is most psychologists, psychiatrists are, are private pay. They don't yeah. accept any health insurance. Again, because health insurance pays so little for mental health care because somehow that's different from breaking a leg or, or having a heart attack. It, you know, I think it, it pays less. Um, so I think that. That's a sign. And, and I think also doctors, you know, they want to 
treat their patients. And instead, the health insurance company says, well, you know, this procedure is not approved or that's out of network or you can't get this, you know, test approved and, and doctors are getting very frustrated with it. So, Oh yeah. And, mm-hmm. and with mental health, you want to find somebody who is good, mm-hmm. who's, who's going to work for you. And, and I, the value of finding a good, you know, having experience with kids and, you know, finding a good mental health professional, it's, um, it's not easy. And so when you yeah. find one, it's, it, you, you just can't worry about the cost necessarily because, their, you know, the value of your kid's mental health and, and, mm-hmm. you know, your own mental health is really, <laughs> really important, but not everybody can do that. So that's, that's tough. So I Absolutely. applaud you for what you're doing and I, I have a total appreciation for it. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. And I'm, we're hoping this session, you know, I, I think it's actors said we probably won't pass Medicare for all this session. Um, but we, the legislature is going to take up a, a so-called healthcare cost control bill so can that include, you know, mental health parity? Can that improve access for rehabilitation, whether you're talking about the opioid overdose, overdose crisis or you're talking about, you know, the rise of, of suicides and depression uh, in, in the state? Mm. Carrie and I like to talk about mental health because we're both always Ugh, on the verge crazy. of losing it. Yes. I, I shouldn't say crazy, <laughs> uh, but yeah. And I say that with all sensitivity. Um, anyway, um, Climate change. You wanted to talk a little bit about climate change, Senator. And you know what? It's an issue that uh, has been kind of interesting to me. I'm not quite all the way Al Gore, but um, mm-hmm. it occurred to me recently that my allergies get worse every year. The pollen mm-hmm. gets worse every year. I have to yeah. imagine that is connected with, with climate change and air quality. Why are you looking at me like that, Carrie? You don't think I so? I just am. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, let the rec- record reflect. <laughs> Carrie was rolling her eyes at me. No, um, it's true, though. The, uh, anybody else? Allergies? <laughs> You're not it, supposed it, to see even, that over the mic. Even this, <laughs> I let people know. Um, even this time of year, like when the heat kicks on, as it did a few weeks ago, oh, yeah. and like all spores and dust and everything, and I'm just dying here. Anyway, tell, tell us about... Um, how you got interested in climate change and kind of where we are now. Yeah, well, climate change, you know, I got interested really tied to my environmental sort of mentors is uh, I, we talked a little bit about Bob Durant, who was not only a state senator, but he was the environmental secretary uh, mm-hmm. for about four years. Uh, his successor was uh, state senator Pam Rezor. And uh, Pam Reeser is from Acton. And uh, what happened in Acton in the 70s, this is as I was growing up, is that uh, a company, WR Grace, uh, was just dumping their chemicals into uh, what they thought was sort of barren land in, in Acton, but it was actually where two wells were. And it, it contaminated both the wells, and both the wells were shut down by the EPA in the 1970s. And the town actually sued successfully this company. And the, and those those uh, that cleanup continues to this day. Wait, is, is the same? That's a civil action. The same right? that gave rise to the civil action. The civil action was that in wasn't Woburn. Woburn, but, right? Okay. But very similar. The is it company, the same company? It was yeah. one of the same companies. Okay. Beatrice and WR okay. Grace. Right. Yeah. Yep. So the company has a wonderful reputation. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, but that was that was sort of what got me into environmental issues, and uh, really, I think. Uh, during the uh, early years of Governor Patrick, um, you know, he uh, passed the Global Warming Solutions Act. Um, he passed the Green Communities Act. Uh, and this was in my first term as a senator. And, uh, of course, the legislature uh, passed it as well. And that's really where I get interested in, in climate change. And uh, the state was really a leader for about 
seven or eight years, but we're falling behind now. I've got states like Maine, New York, uh, that are passing stronger climate change laws in terms of emissions reductions, solar incentives. Um, so, so this session, we have an opportunity to, to retake the lead, uh, and the Senate will be uh, putting out a bill and debating a bill in January on climate mm-hmm. change. So what does that mean? That could mean, you know, I filed a 100% renewable energy bill requiring the state to move to 100% renewable energy by 2045. Uh, Solar incentives, uh, environmental justice issues. So, you know, where do the gas power plants go? Where do the landfills go? Where the incinerators go? They typically go to poor communities of color. Um, You know, Kara, we talked about a little bit about the Eversource transmission Mm -hmm. line. Why are we expanding uh, energy infrastructure at a time where energy use is dropping and we want, we want to embrace, you know, electrifying the grid and not, and not supporting uh, natural gas infrastructure. So we have a real opportunity to pass a very strong bill in the Senate and really take action uh, this session. And why should we worry about it? Uh, just educate me if you can briefly, like are the, are the dangers of climate change going to be seen within the next 20 years, 40 years, 50 years? Tell well, me. we're seeing it now. Sorry. Yeah, my no, allergies. Not, We've mentioned my allergies. Well, no, but you're, <laughs> but I, but yep. you're seeing yep. the the hurricanes or I mean the yeah, the, disasters, the weather, the um, climate. Yeah. It's it's just um, it's mm-hmm. scary. It, it's yeah. Uh, in in New England, I think sometimes you know obviously things like tornadoes more often not happen in you know the South or the Midwest, but. But the, the impact on climate change arguably could be the worst in New England because we're such a, you know, most of the states are coastal. Um, you know, you, you got the superstorm where, you know, if, if the superstorm had got a little bit further north that hit, you know, Long Island and New York and Connecticut, it would have devastated Massachusetts. Mm. Um, you're talking about, you know, uh, lobster men and women um, having to go further north to, to catch, you know, catch lobster because it's not, not in Massachusetts as much. Um, and then it's the, the heat waves, et cetera, that are affecting the, the whole state, whether our crops, whether, you know, vulnerable populations, people who are, who are older, uh, y- young people. So it, it, it's already impacting, uh, as Carrie said, uh, it's already impacting the state. Uh, and, and I think also from a, from a positive point of view, it's a great source of jobs for Massachusetts. You know, we don't have oil reserves. We don't have gas reserves. Um, we have people, we have uh, mind power. We have, uh, you know, among the smartest people in the country, we have great universities. Um, that's the source of creating a lot of jobs that will s- sustain Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a great opportunity of sort of, I think, sort of a win-win for the state to pass a strong bill. And, and to Governor Baker's credit, he's, he's been, uh, I would say, on at least some issues on climate change, strong around, you know, a, a transfer tax to fund climate resiliency, uh, the Transportation Climate Initiative. To, it's a form of carbon pricing for transportation. Um, I disagree strongly with his views on pipelines and transmission lines and the, you know, the Weymouth gas compressor, but he has made some positive steps towards combating climate change in, in Massachusetts. See, I think we should lead the way on climate change because nobody complains about the weather more than we do. <laughs> it's going to snow again. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? But we're seeing more like last winter. There was no there was like no snow. Right. I'm not complaining because I right. this winter we're getting clobbered Look already. At this year already. Yes. Yeah. And um, but it's we have more thunderstorms. In the mm-hmm. last, I would say in the last five years, we've had more, we have thunderstorms like every day during the summer. It's yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. And that, 
I mean, I have to think that that has a that's a huge um, result of climate change. Absolutely it's scary in a biblical. We're talking like fire, well, and, fire, and, fire and fire and and my allergies. Let's not forget about my allergies. And when Dave yeah. has allergies, it affects everybody. It's true. I get cranky. It, he does. There are yep. limits. Not just there, from are, the allergies. there are limits to what uh, Claritin twenty four can do. I'm telling you, <laughs> don't um, take two in twenty four hours. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because then you get too drowsy, and then I get anyway. grumpy, and I yell at you. Um, Senator Jamie Eldridge, we're up against the clock a little bit here, but if you want yep. more info on the Senate, it's jamieeldridge.com. That's Jamie, typical spelling with the I-E, and then E-L-D-R-I-D-G-E.com. Spelling is hard. Um, is that right, Senator? That's where people can uh, yeah. learn more about you, maybe even contribute. If you like this dude, we do. Come on. <laughs> And if, if people have questions or concerns or ideas, jamie at jamieeldridge.com is my email. And uh, respond to people personally and uh, love to hear from people. Uh, Twitter, jamieeldridgema. Uh, Instagram, I don't actually don't know. My communication director just got me on Instagram. I'll find it. But uh, I'm active on Instagram now. So That's Very great. good. And you're so, good on you. You're so accessible, which is really nice because you you really are working for the people, which is we could use we a few more. We could use a few more district. nice politicians these days for crying out loud. And we should also mention the center. You have a podcast. I do. Good I on do. You. Yeah. Yes, Tell us the, about that. The Eldridge Files. Uh, it's a podcast I do right now about uh, once a month. And I just interviewed uh, two former prisoners uh, who spent time in solitary confinement about their experiences and working on how to reform uh, improve the conditions of, of solitary confinement in our state prisons. Where was that prison that they were in solitary? Here in Mass. Uh, MCI, uh, now called Cedar Junction, right. formerly uh, Walpole, uh, and uh, MCI Shirley. Cool. The El- mm-hmm. You said the Eldridge Trials, right? The Eldridge Trials. The Eldridge yes, Trials. Very original. So you can find mm-hmm. <laughs> Google that. You'll find it on SoundCloud. But we love that you're part of the podcast community, Senator. So Thank good you. on you. So check it out, everybody. Thank you, Senator. I hope you had a good time. Did you enjoy yourself? I, this, was, this is great. I can't believe this time already went by. This I was, know. This is great. It flew, it flew. But to make you feel at home, we're going to take you out with a little beasties. Um, <laughs> Thank you. And come back anytime. He's he's everywhere, Senator Jamie Eldridge. No sleep till Acton or something or Boxborough, <laughs> as it may be. JamieEldridge.com. Thank you so much. You're welcome back anytime here, Senator. Hope you return sometime. Great. Thanks. Did Steve. you say why we were playing Beastie Boys? Oh, yeah, talked, because we he talked he about said, it at the top of the show. I can't remember if it was before the show or during the show. In the industry, that's what's yep. called a callback. He wanted to be in the Beastie Boys. So yes, did I. You're absolutely right. Anyway, thanks for listening to the Boston Podcast. If you like what you heard, please share it with a friend or a colleague. Spread that mojo. If you'd like your own podcast, go to pod617.com. You could be the next big podcast star. Thanks to our sponsors, U.S. Postal Service, usps.com slash careers. Also, thanks to our friends at Adori. Download the Adori app. Go to the App Store. Download the Adori app, A-D-O-R-I. Your podcast will come to life on behalf of Carrie Tabaski, who's, uh, she's okay. I like her a little bit. And Senator Jamie Eldridge, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. If you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Enjoy the day, everybody. You must be the other guy.